Brad, we've got a pretty exciting episode today. Finally, our week of Carlos Del Rio Wilson content is upon us, and it starts with an interview of Mike McAllister. Yeah, Mike McAllister, unbelievable insight. He's one of the guys with the biggest pulse of the program, so I'm excited to have him on. Let's get it going. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Matt Bonaparte and Brad Klein with you on Locked On Syracuse. Thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. But today it is not only Brad Klein and myself. Mike McAllister is here of Sports Illustrated Syracuse. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Uh, obviously, the hot news in Syracuse football recruiting is Carlos Del Rio Wilson, uh, the quarterback that transferred from the University of Florida. This is pretty exciting for Syracuse fans and the media. Yeah, it is. And, you know, when I first heard it, um, I, I kind of did a double take, right? It was like, wait, you're getting who? Yeah. And, you know, and. Um, you know, you start doing a little bit of research about him and you see how highly rated he was out of high school. And, um, this is the type of guy that if Syracuse had landed him out of high school, there would have almost been a, wait, how much are they paying him? How did Syracuse get a player (laughs) of that caliber? You know, right. So he would have been almost the highest rated recruit they've had since these recruiting services, the 24 seven rivals uh, on three now ESPN, et cetera, uh, started ranking players and recruits and et cetera. So this is a, this is huge from a talent standpoint. We know the talent is there based on some of those recruiting rankings. So it's up to Syracuse to try to get him to realize that talent. And if he does, then Syracuse has uh, quite a pickup that should impact the program for years to come. Hey Mike, thanks for coming on the show here. You mentioned that his recruiting ranking is going to wow Syracuse fans, but what about on the field? What are Syracuse fans going to see under the roof of the dome? They're going to see a dual threat quarterback who has a very, very strong arm. He's a dual threat in that he can make plays with his legs, but he's not a run first quarterback like a Garrett Schrader is not even sure he's quite as good of a runner as an Eric Dungy was he's a little bit of a different style runner Eric was more of a straight line run over you run through you power type of a runner Um, Schrader has some wheels to him but he's kind of more of a power runner as opposed to an elusive um, juke you in the hole type of a runner Uh, Del Rio Wilson has a little bit more of that wiggle to him that I think he can be elusive in the open field, especially against a linebacker. But he's got an extremely strong arm, which we know is was an issue with with Schrader, his his accuracy, his arm strength, and his ability to throw the football. That shouldn't be a concern with Del Rio Wilson. I know that when he was at the Elite 11, when he was a high schooler, he was ranked by SI All-American as his the, their fifth most um, – productive player at the elite 11 finals, which usually has some of the best quarterback prospects in the country and specifically his maturity with some of those intermediate routes was what stood out. And that's something that Syracuse I think has lacked since they lost 
Eric Dungy. They haven't been able to hit some of those intermediate routes. They've hit some short passes. They've been able to go over the top at times, but it's sort of the consistency in those 10 to 15 yard routes. that's really been missing from the offense. And he's got the potential to be able to do that. So he's got an all around game. I still think there's some rawness to him in terms of his throwing motion and, and reading a defense and those types of things, but all the physical tools are certainly there. And despite his obvious and overt talent uh, that Del Rio Wilson brings forward, I think there's still a camp of Syracuse fans that are really content with what Schrader brought to the team last year. Sure, the guy doesn't throw the ball uh, like Dan Marino, but he he ran very well at times last year and won Syracuse a couple of games with his legs and even won him Virginia Tech with his arm uh, with that pass. So uh, what do you think this quarterback battle will bring uh, to preseason and to the season as, as it storms on? Yeah, and I don't think that we should discount Dan Bellari either, the transfer from sure. Michigan that's that's come in. I think it's going to be a three-way battle, but I do think that uh, the odds are that Garrett Schrader is probably going to end up winning the job. He's the incumbent. He's been in the, in the program the longest of the three. Yes, it's new coaches, so they're sort of all starting from scratch, but given that he was the incumbent, so there's a trust factor there, especially with the head coach, right? And the fact that he and Bellari had the spring, that's the one downside to Del Rio Wilson for this upcoming season is that he didn't come in during the spring. So he's going to be a little bit behind them in terms of uh, learning under the new quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator. I do think it's going to be a legitimate battle, but I think Del Rio Wilson and Valari are going to go into it behind Garrett Schrader. Now Schrader certainly has to improve as a thrower of the football, as you mentioned, was not great last year, but I also think it's, it's worth noting the Virginia tech game that you mentioned, the pass that he threw at the end of the game to Damian Alford that won the game was a really nice pass. And up to yeah. that point, while he wasn't a great passer, he was at least competent enough that it kept defenses honest. And basically from that point forward, it took a major step back to the point where Syracuse almost couldn't throw the ball consistently. But if you remember when he got hit on that throw to Alford, he got up slow and a lot of people thought he was hurt. And I find it interesting that from that point on was when he really struggled throwing the football. So if he comes he back wore a boot healthy, after that game, yes, absolutely. He did. And his throwing motion looked a little bit different. He just didn't seem to have um, as much accuracy as he did previously, even though he wasn't the most accurate quarterback. So, you know, I, I think that there is reason to be optimistic that he could take a step forward from this off season. I know that the coaching staff has told him what the biggest issue for him is. He knows what it is. I'm assuming he's spending all offseason working on his throwing accuracy and his throwing strength and uh, becoming a more competent passer. And if he can even get up to an average power five starter in terms of throwing the football with what he can do with his legs, that makes Syracuse a very dynamic offense. So I still think he's the favorite going into it, but certainly those other guys are going to have their chances and have and have looks. And last year we saw Syracuse kind of have a similar situation with the incumbent Tommy DeVito, the four-star quarterback that was kind of Dino's project, uh, his little baby boy. Uh, and Schrader came in and stole the job from him at the Albany game. He starts that game. Do you think we'll see a similar situation this season where it seemed as if that battle early on in the year might have hurt Syracuse a little bit, especially in the Rutgers game that if Traders started. Some people think they could have won that game, and that turns into a bowl-winning season or bowl-attending season. Now, I'm I'm one of those that thinks that if he had been the starter going into the Rutgers game, that they win that game. You know, they played well enough defensively to win that game. Uh, there were 
you know, a couple other games that they were just three points shy. I mean, they were very close to having six, even seven wins, um, yeah. you know, if, if you win a couple of those. But I, the difference between this year and last year is last year, yes, DeVito won the job, but they were also splitting reps a little bit in a couple of those games, a Rutgers game uh, being a prime example. If Schrader wins the job this year, I don't see that happening with splitting reps and having, you know, Valari coming in for a series or Del Rio Wilson coming in for a series and then back to Schrader. I think whoever wins the job is going to be the guy. Now where it could be similar is part of the reason that the job was, was quote unquote stolen as you, as you put it from uh, DeVito was that DeVito struggled. Yeah. So if Schrader comes out and struggles, especially throwing the football and the offense is stagnant as a result teams focus on shutting down Sean Tucker and Syracuse can't consistently generate offense. And that's costing them games. I could see them perhaps making a move early in the season as they did with benching DeVito in favor of Garrett Schrader. So I certainly think there could be some similarities there. If Schrader comes out of the gate and struggles in some of the ways that he did last year, but it's going to be different in that. I don't see them splitting time initially as they did last year. Talking to Mike McAllister with SI Syracuse here about Carlos Del Rio Wilson, the newest member of Syracuse football. And Mike, to me, it seemed like you maybe too, early on in the call, were surprised. Wait, who who did they get? Because one, Del Rio Wilson, strong player, strong prospect. And two, this came out of the blue. This was very sudden. Justin Lamson goes down and two weeks later, Carlos Del Del Rio Wilson is on the hill. So, is there any way you could take me through the timeline of this? Because it happened extremely quickly. Yeah. Now I think the coaching staff probably knew sooner than it became public that Lamson was out, that he was hurt. Now I think what this tells you is that they believe either a, they either know that the injury to Lamson is serious enough that he's not going to be available next year, or at least there's a concern that he might not be. And so because of that, they needed another guy because I think if Lamson is healthy, Given what he showed during the spring, I'm not sure they need to make a move like this, but they wanted another body in there. So they had three guys they felt comfortable with in the quarterback room. And basically the way this happened was he Del Rio Wilson enters the portal in April. Syracuse have been monitoring it to see if there was someone that they could bring in. They weren't going to force it with just bringing in a body. But we also know that there was a report that Syracuse had offered uh, a, a former uh, player of theirs, Chance Amy, who who signed with Syracuse a few years ago out of high school, uh, left the team, went to junior college ranks, and had been in the junior college ranks for a couple of years. And then Syracuse uh, had supposedly re-offered. Now, Chance Amy then deleted the tweet. There was some drama around that, what was going on. And then all of a sudden, this news comes in. So Syracuse was clearly looking to bring in another quarterback. A couple of weeks after... Uh, Del Rio Wilson enters the portal. Syracuse is in contact with him. They extend an offer. They get him up on campus. And it was really just on that visit in in mid-May that Del Rio Wilson was sold on Syracuse's vision for him and what he could do under the leadership of the Syracuse coaching staff. And so at that point, he decided he wanted to commit to Syracuse. And then he announced his decision a few days later. But the contact, the offer, and the visit were all kept under wraps by all sides because nobody knew about it until I had heard, I think a couple of days before he announced that this was going down. 
Um, and so, but prior to that, I had, I had no knowledge of the fact that Syracuse was talking to him, interested in him, had offered that he was visiting. So in today's day and age, when you can keep something like that under wraps, I, I think that's pretty impressive all around. Sounds like Syracuse might have been betting on Del Rio Wilson coming to the Hill after that meeting. If you like betting, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts and thank you for making lockdown syracuse your first listen for your next listen check out the lockdown sports today podcast the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions big game recaps and quote the take of the day available on the odyssey app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts uh we're here with mike McAllister of uh, Sports Illustrated Syracuse, who knows just about everything there is to know about Syracuse football recruiting, and that's why uh, he is the absolute man. Uh, Mike, just once again, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Um, here's the thing: I think people are forgetting this guy coming in has not played a snap. Uh, he he's young. He he hasn't. He has no room to grow thus far. He's done nothing. Uh, he's got all the time in the world. So if he isn't ready this year, it isn't the end of the world. Um, that being said, do you have a, not necessarily picked a side, but do you think as of right now you have a favorite in terms of who might play the most games this season in terms of the two guys? Do you I, think that's I would, Schrader? Yeah, I, I would lean towards Schrader on that for sure. Now, I'm always the I want to see the new shiny toy, right? So I, of course. I, I'm I've right seen there with Schrader. You. I've seen Schrader. I know what he is, uh, or at least what he was last year. Now, I I am not one that I believe that he is done developing. He's never going to become a competent passer. I'm not certainly not closing the book on the potential or the possibility that he can improve and become a better quarterback. But, you know, it's 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 very tempting to take the guy with all the talent. And even if he's not Mm -hmm. quite ready to throw him out there and get him some experience. But at the same time. You know, there's also the is Dino Babers coaching for his job this year? Does he have to get to a bowl game? So there's that narrative as well. That's why I think he's probably going to stick with Schrader. Schrader's going to be the favorite to play the most games and, and take the most snaps this year. Uh, but it's it certainly would be tempting for me to throw out the new shiny toy and see what he does. But as you mentioned, if he doesn't step on the field this year, if he doesn't earn the starting job, that doesn't mean that bringing him in was a failure and he's not going to do anything, et cetera, because he could still very well end up as the quarterback of the future. He's got four years of eligibility left. There's a lot of skill and talent and potential there. Uh, the, the new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach have a track record of developing quarterbacks. Give them time with this guy, even if it doesn't materialize on the field this year. So uh, even if he doesn't play, I still think there's a reason for Syracuse fans to be very excited about what he could bring to the program in the future. And Mike, you had the opportunity to sit down with Carlos shortly after his commitment. You can go check out that little article on SI Syracuse. Really well done. Really good insight. But what were your takeaways from Carlos Del Rio Wilson, the person? We're talking about him as the dual threat quarterback, the former four star, the biggest recruit, quote unquote recruit since blank for Syracuse. But who is Syracuse getting? 
Well, they're getting a guy who's hungry. I mean, he's he is hungry. He wants to be a leader of a program. He he's very competitive. Um, he believes that just the addition of him to the program and to the offense takes them to another level where they can win consistently and compete for um, ACC championships. Now, is that perhaps a bit overdramatic? You know, perhaps, but don't you want your quarterback to be that level of confident that, listen, just adding a guy like me makes us ACC title contenders. That's, I think that's what you want in your quarterback as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I mean, just, you know, he, he was um, very well spoken with me. He was uh, very clear with, with his thoughts, very confident in, in his abilities and spoke very highly of his interaction with the Syracuse coaches as well in terms of, uh, his ability to connect with them, and then his trust level that they're going to be able to develop him into the quarterback that he wants to be. And then what also struck me from my conversation with him was the fact that he specifically mentioned that he wants to be someone who is known in the community beyond just what he does on the field, that he wants to um, you know, make an impact in terms of um, you know, charity work and, and things of that nature that he wants, you know, kids and fans and everyone else to know who he is and help them as much as possible. So that, that kind of took me by surprise only because you typically don't hear someone as young as he is only a year removed from high school, um, talking about making an impact off the field on the community. So I thought that was something that also stood out from, from my discussion with him. I love that from Carlos. No, like I, I want to awesome. follow up on something uh, you said earlier, and it's really it's great to hear that uh, he's a well-spoken leader for Syracuse because that's something to look out for too. But to me, I think we might be overlooking something, right? It's that you said that he might be – he's probably the quarterback of the future. Garrett Schrader is not a senior. He's going to be a junior. He's going to have another year after this, right? So – in a way, this season is a, is a competition for even next year's job, you would think, at least in some capacity. The biggest thing, if I'm Dino Babers, the biggest thing I'm looking at is who is going to compliment Sean Tucker the best. Now, maybe for the year after next, it might be a moot point because he's going to the NFL, but which style of runner, because they're both dual-threat quarterbacks, but you said they're different, which style of runner helps Tucker the most? See, I think Garrett Schrader's running style is actually a very, very strong compliment to Sean Tucker in terms of when you've got them in the backfield and they do a little zone read and you don't know whether he's going to hand the ball to Sean Tucker or keep the ball himself because, you know, Tucker's got that speed despite the fact that he's kind of a thicker back. You know, he's got those thick legs and he's, he's pretty well built um, and he can run through you. But the fact that he can run away from you as well, that's what makes him so dynamic. And Schrader has a little bit of that as well, but he's also got that power to him and he can just keep coming at you. And so the combination of those two can really wear you down. I'm not sure if Del Rio Wilson is someone that can carry the ball 20 to 25 times a game consistently. Schrader can. Schrader could carry the ball 20 plus times basically every game all season. Tucker can as well, and they can be a really dynamic one-two punch. The, the biggest difference, though, is teams started really stacking the box and saying, yeah, you, one of you two is going to run it. We know that. But you're going to have to throw the ball to beat us and score points. And Syracuse wasn't able to do that the last three, four games of the season. 
Del Rio Wilson has a higher ceiling in terms of his ability to throw the ball. So he can open things up for Sean Tucker that way in terms of the play action and then being able to hit guys over the top or, you know, a cornerback falls down because they're peeking in the backfield, looking at Sean Tucker and they bite on a fake. Um, I don't think those types of plays, at least based on what we saw last year are going to be in Garrett Schrader's uh, in, in his arsenal of weapons, but um, they would, they would be in Carlos Del Rio Wilson. So there's some differences. I think they do both complement Sean Tucker. I'm not sure if one is better than the other in a perfect world. You'd almost like to take Garrett Schrader's running ability, have Carlos Del Rio Wilson loan his passing ability to Garrett <laughs> and combine them into one player and say, go for it. But unfortunately, I mean, Syracuse university that. is a good school. I don't th- think they have a department <laughs> for anything right. like that. That's right. That's good. Um, I want to hit the recruiting angle again. Syracuse with Gino Babers has not landed very high in terms of ACC recruiting, I think, ever. Um, He came in, was supposed to be this recruiting guru, uh, and hasn't really landed any of the top prospects. What he has done is he's turned three stars into superstars, which he definitely deserves credit for. The entire linebacking core, a guy like Cody Roscoe, Sean Tucker, so many players that have been three stars who come in and are really fantastic. Um, but Syracuse under Babers has not really been known as a recruiting powerhouse. With Del Rio Wilson coming in, it is certainly a splash, a name uh, and a recruiting number that I don't think anybody expected Syracuse to haul in like we all talked about. It was a shock uh, when I saw that notification. What do you think this does going forward in terms of Syracuse's pull in the recruiting pool? Yeah, it's it's a good question. Um, He's a name that a lot of players in the South, you know, he's from Georgia, but a a lot of prospects in the South, they're going to know him because he's, he was a recent highly rated recruit, right? This isn't someone who was highly rated in 2017. So the guys that are in high school now were in, you know, sixth, seventh grade, whatever it was at the time, they're guys that were, you know, perhaps playing against him in, in some instances, or at least know who he was as a high school prospect. So I think it could help you, you know, when you have some of those uh, players that you're after from the South that are, are coming up for visits that that certainly can help you because he can help you recruit and say, listen, I, I was a highly rated recruit. I went to one of these factory schools. It didn't work out. I'm here. And it's a much better place because of X, Y, and Z. He can make those pitches and that can certainly help Syracuse. Um, but you know, the ultimate thing is winning. Honestly, I mean, you know, Syracuse won 10 games in 2018. We didn't see a huge uptick in that because the next year they didn't go to a bowl game. If they had even just gone to a bowl game the next year, I think you would have started really seeing an uptick in terms of the recruiting acumen. But there's a lot of things that go into these rankings. Um, There's situations where, you know, does a guy that Syracuse finds that's really under the radar, a Matthew Bergeron, for example, that nobody knew who he was until he shows up to a camp you know, he's from Canada, wasn't on anyone's radar, shows up to one of these these camps over the summer at Syracuse and performs against a lot of other Division One prospects, dominates all of them. Syracuse goes, we need to get this kid. They offer him, they get him to commit. Recruiting services kind of take a two to three minute look at one of his, his highlight tapes and say, okay, he's, I don't know, low to mid three star, slap a ranking on him and move on. And now he's going to end up being a multi-year starter and he's going to end up being an NFL draft pick. So, you know, they do a lot of, they trust their eyes and their evaluations more so um, than just going by the raw recruiting rankings. The one thing that they have done is in most of the recruiting cycles that they've 
they've been here. They've had at least one four star. The problem is it hasn't been in most years multiple four stars and multiple highly rated guys, but they've also done a good job at grabbing former highly rated guys like Aravian Pierce, who was a tight end who came from junior college, yeah. but prior to that was a four star out of high school. Um, Kingsley Jonathan, who was a four star in his class, but then they found out that there were some issues with his age. He ends up reclassifying to a different class that ends up being a mid three star. But prior to that, he was a four star. Um, you think about um, Alshon Robinson, um, who was a guy who was a four-star recruit out of high school and um, ends up having to go to junior college ranks and then ends up being a mid-three-star. Tristan Jackson, who was a four-star who didn't work out at his at his school, so he comes to Syracuse as a transfer. So even though the recruiting rankings, the raw rankings, haven't been there, they have been able to get some of those guys that have been highly ranked, didn't work out at other places, or ended up having to go the junior college route. All of that said... It's been depth. I think their starting talent has been enough to be competitive in a lot of places, but they lack depth. When they get injuries, it really shows, and that's really the key to recruiting. The next level that they have to take in recruiting is more consistent depth. And so the key to that and the key to moving up in the recruiting rankings is winning. You have to win. You have to win consistently, and you have to be able to show that you're going to go to a bowl game as your baseline year in and year out. That's Mike McAllister of Sports Illustrated Syracuse. If you're not following him on Twitter or reading his content, you're doing something wrong. Mike, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Rafael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and, of course, big boards. Follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Brad and I will be back tomorrow with more SU content. See you then.